Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. Hello, my witches. It's another beautiful spring day, the first episode of April. Today we are back in our birth charts, and we're going to talk about ascendants, which are also called rising signs. It's a really cool part of our birth chart that I don't think gets enough recognition or attention for the role that it plays in our personalities. But before we dig into that, I wanted to address a sentiment that I'm seeing a lot recently in the messages and the emails that I'm getting. I'm seeing a lot of doubt. I'm seeing a lot of uncertainty. And I get it because I feel it. We all feel it at different times and to different degrees. I got a really beautiful message from a witch just last Thursday expressing how hard it was to really heed the call and embrace being a witch at 53 years of age, which is not even old if you're listening, Rose. And, you know, she lives in an area that just isn't really super open to the idea of witchcraft, and it sounds as though she just doesn't have much of a witch support system. And that really resonated with me, and I think it probably resonates with a lot of us. There are a lot of barriers to living our lives authentically as witches, and often those limitations are familial. You know, we don't want to disappoint our families, especially if they're very religious, We don't want to jeopardize our jobs if we work in an environment that's hostile toward our belief systems. We don't want to lose lifelong friends and so forth. And even beyond that, we can place our own limitations on ourselves sometimes. But (laughs) here is the thing. We are not guaranteed a tomorrow. We are not guaranteed a life beyond this one. This is the only opportunity we will ever have to live this life. We get one turn on this particular ride and we really can't waste any of it worrying what people think of the way that we decide to enjoy it. And as women and men who are walking a path that diverges from the norm, we also bear a certain responsibility to those witches who will follow us. We have the great privilege of demonstrating that being a witch isn't deviant. Our beliefs, our philosophies, our way of life, these things are valid and they deserve respect. But with all of that said, if you are not personally in a position to wear your witchcraft loud and proud, you can't beat yourself up about that. In a perfect world, we would all be able to be just as obnoxious about it as we would like to be. But in reality, if being open about the craft would jeopardize your job or your housing situation, your relationship, or even your safety, please take solace in the fact that this does not diminish your identity as a witch. Just keep doing what you can safely do. And don't be hard on yourself for not doing more than that. And that's all I really wanted to say about that topic. I just know that as exciting as it is to see witchcraft going more mainstream in public spaces, there are still a lot of us who don't really get to enjoy the freedom. And I hate to think of those folks feeling either guilty or forgotten um, because they're not able to do more to advance that freedom for themselves. But, you know, change takes time. So, on to the subject of the day, rising signs. 
or ascendance. Those two terms are interchangeable and they mean exactly the same thing. Your rising sign is simply the astrological sign that was ascending on the eastern horizon at the specific time and location of your birth. We talked about sun signs several weeks ago, which is essentially how the world sees us, and we talked about moon signs a couple weeks ago, and that indicates our impulses and our instincts. And now we're going to talk about our rising signs, and this tells us a lot about our outlook on life and our outward behaviors. Now, if you were born either right before or right after dawn, your sun sign is probably the same as your rising sign. And if you were born just before or just after sunset, your rising sign is most likely to be exactly the opposite from your sun sign. And then, of course, there are all the variations in between. And the easiest way to find out your sign is just to get a hold of your birth chart. I will put a link in the show notes again to a site that will calculate it for free. Um, but if you've got it, uh, our rising sign, and this is the reason I think it's so important to know about it. Our rising sign combines almost 50-50 with our sun sign to create our outward personalities. And this is why a lot of times when we read generic descriptions of sun signs, we don't always relate super closely unless your rising and your ascendant are the same, in which case, you know, that's convenient. But it also means that your personality is probably very quintessentially whatever that sun is. Like you're, if you're a Leo sun, Leo rising, you are probably Leo as hell. But most of us have two different signs and they can be very opposing. So let's dive in. If your rising sign is Aries, you are probably known in your circle as the instigator, the spokesperson. You know, you're the one who decides what movie you're going to see. You're the one who will let the waitress know if your friend's order is wrong. Your tendency is to be a straight shooter. You are not shy about expressing your likes and your dislikes. And while this can rub some people the wrong way, this bluntness does not come from a place of maliciousness or bossiness. You just don't see a reason to not get straight to the point. Um, And that's admirable. I love that about Aries. Aries is also the sign of new beginnings, and Aries ascendants excel at starting new jobs and new projects. They jump right in with enthusiasm, and they work really hard to master whatever it is. And then, as soon as it's mastered, or if they get bored, they're prone to finding something else to occupy that very active mind. Aries is ruled by Mars, and Mars is a really strong influence. And so Aries ascendants have a lot of willpower, they have a need for recognition, and they they can be a bit accident-prone too, just as an FYI. And then Taurus. Now Taurus as an influence is very different to Aries. Taurus rising is much more steadfast, much more calm and easygoing. Taurus rising is very set in their ways, but not in a confrontational way. They just like to do things a certain way, and that's just how it is. They're not going to fight about it. They're not going to try to make somebody see it their way. But Taurus rising isn't going to change their habits either. And Taurus is ruled by Venus. So Taurus rising likes beautiful things. They're also very concerned about money and future security. That's that earth influence. Taurus rising is a hard worker, but they're also really good at enjoying their leisure time, you know, because they know they've earned it, so they don't feel guilty about enjoying it. Now, in relationships, Taurus rising 
is very jealous, but not usually in an obvious way that like throws up a lot of red flags. They're happiest in a relationship that's calm and secure. They're not interested in drama. They're not interested in being made to feel insecure. Taurus ascendants are really graceful and charming, but they are, they're, they're prone to overindulgence too. So that's certainly something to be aware of. Now, Gemini rising is always on the go. They're always looking for something. Gemini rising gives the impression that they're never completely satisfied with whatever it is that they have. And this is because Gemini rising always feels like there's something that they're missing out on. Um, They're very good communicators. They're very good at handling people. You know, they've got that Gemini wit, the conversation skills. And it's not that they're smooth talkers. They're just really excellent at expressing themselves and in understanding what others are trying to convey. And although this makes Gemini ascendants very good at dealing with people, there is a little bit of, hmm, how should we put it? There's like this analytical detachment there. Gemini rising isn't unemotional and they're not fake. They just see see things through a different lens. They see things intellectually rather than emotionally. Mercury rules Gemini, and so we see this influence in how Gemini rising is very perceptive and clever, but also kind of capricious. You know, their good mood can become a bad mood really quickly, but it doesn't last. They aren't, they're not interested in being upset. They're just, you know, they're going to look for the next big thing to occupy their minds. If you are a Cancer Ascendant, you've definitely got a bit of that moon child in you. You're very sensitive. You're very artistic. Um, You can be moody for sure. Um, You're kind of difficult to get to know, but you're also a very devoted friend. And you're really good at picking up on other people's motives. And that comes from your sensitivity to people's emotional signals. You know, you're extremely intuitive. Nothing gets past you. But the downside to that is that often you can take things personally that aren't actually about you. So you're probably a person who really needs to make sure that you're not hurting your own feelings. Cancer rising is excellent with money. Um, Although it doesn't just get handed to you and, you know, you have to work for what you have, but you're very prudent. You're not out there throwing your money away on anything frivolous. You know, I mean, unless your chart is also Libra heavy, in which case you probably have like an angel on one shoulder trying to save money and like a shopping demon on the other. Um, And since cancer is ruled by the moon, you do feel a lot of its influence in your kindness and your sympathy, um, but also in your restlessness and your tendency to probably keep a messy room, if I had to guess. And then on the flip side of cancer, we have Leo ascendants, and of course Leo is ruled by the sun. So Leo rising is very friendly, very engaging. They like to be in charge. They get a little pissy when they're not in charge. And you know, Leo is the sign of pride, so that's definitely something a Leo rising should be aware of. But the thing is though that Leo rising excels at being in charge. They're really great at getting the best out of groups of people especially. Uh, Leo attracts attention and they love it. And for some people, this kind of, it can come off as showy, but that's really not it. Leo doesn't, you know, they're not dressing for attention. They're not acting larger than life for attention. It's just who they are. The reason that attention is drawn to them is because they're just naturally magnetic. They, they don't even realize what they're doing. 
Leo Ascendant is generous, they're very warm, they're really positive. Uh, but on the other side of that coin though, when Leo Rising feels like they've been wronged or that they're not getting what's owed to them, usually in, term of, in terms of like attention, uh, they can be really biting, they can kind of get arrogant, they're a bit temperamental. You know, Leo Rising is not put on this earth to be a wallflower. And that can really be overwhelming for the more timid signs. But if you let them, Leo Ascendant will bring you with them to some really high heights. Leo Rising is an excellent friend. They love to see the best in people and they want everyone to enjoy life as much as they do. Now, Virgo Rising is another aspect that's ruled by Mercury. So there's a bit of crossover with Gemini Rising. Although Virgo Ascendant is even more analytical and even more driven by facts and figures, um, it will depend on the other placements in your chart, but Virgo Rising likes to look at people and situations and problems through a very logical lens rather than an emotional one, just like Gemini, Gemini Rising. Um, if you're a Virgo Rising, you're usually very set in your opinions, but if new information comes to light, you will change your mind. Because for you, the worst thing that a person can be is ignorant. Um, you do have a tendency to get bogged down in details. And that's something in general that anybody with a heavy Virgo presence in their chart should watch out for. You know, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. Virgo rising is tricky to get to know. Uh, their emotions are kept very deep below the surface, but they are there and they do run very deep. You know, the right person just has to be willing to put in the time to get to know you before you're going to bother letting them in. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. Mercury has given you an excellent gift for observation and perception, and you're just not going to jump into a love affair. Just be sure that you're not too aloof. You know, it is okay sometimes to show vulnerability. Now, on the other hand, Libra Ascendant would do well to be a little less vulnerable, especially to the moods of others, because nothing throws a Libra rising off their groove like a cranky pessimist. They hate it. And this is true for Libra Suns as well. They crave balance, calm, and serenity. They're very positive, they're very optimistic, but they're really sensitive to negativity coming from other people. And they're very risk averse. You know, everybody knows Libra struggles to make a hard and fast decision. And Libra rising, unfortunately, probably struggles with that as well. Libra rising sees all the possible outcomes of any given decision. So they just go back and forth. You know, they vacillate forever trying to make sure that the choice that they're making is the right one. So be aware of that characteristic if you are a Libra rising. Sometimes you just got to pick something. And as a Libra sun, Coming from me, this is one of the major issues I continue to struggle with. I am not pretending this is easy. Um, it's just something you need to be aware of. Now, in romantic partnerships, Libra Rising loves to be in love, and they definitely do their part to make a relationship successful. You know, Libra is ruled by Venus, after all, but again, they do not tolerate a lot of imbalance. So if Libra Rising feels unappreciated, they will sever a relationship in order to find a better match who's willing to put in the same effort. They are also, generally speaking, very loving and concerned parents. They don't have a ton of kids usually, but they're really involved and very loving towards those that they do have. Scorpio rising. Now this is always called the most difficult rising sign to have. And I mean, God, it is ruled by Pluto and Pluto does not fuck around. I mean, 
like, okay, I'm going to get, here's a short history lesson, but immediately after Pluto was discovered in the thirties, like within a month or two, we had the great stock market crash, which then led directly to the great depression, which then it contributed to Hitler's eventual rise to power. Like I'm not trying to be melodramatic, but Pluto is a planet of intense destruction and annihilation, but it's also a planet of rebirth and regeneration and great transformation. So with all of that said, Scorpio Ascendant is not a person who does things halfway. And when they're down, they don't stay down. Their personality is very intense. They're very determined. You know, their mind is always working. Even when they seem idle, that mind is working things out. They're also very good working behind the scenes. You know, if you are a Scorpio Ascendant, you don't like the spotlight, but you do like to run the show. So oftentimes you'll figure out a way to do it very subtly. Scorpio Ascendant also has that sharp Scorpio tongue. No matter what your sun sign is, no matter how easygoing you are in general, when someone crosses you, you're going to say exactly the right thing to utterly destroy them. That ability comes not only from Scorpio's... Uh, unmatched temper, but just their keen like observational skills. Scorpio sees everything and catalogs every weakness. Scorpio rising has a life that you wouldn't call it easy. You know, they do tend to have a lot of setbacks and disappointments. However, in the end, Scorpio rising always comes out ahead. And then on the other end of the spectrum is Sagittarius rising, which is ruled by Jupiter, the planet of good luck and success. Isn't it nice for them? <laughs> and Sagittarius rising is pretty lucky in general. You know, things do typically go their way. They're also very friendly. They're outgoing. They're upbeat. Um, they're interested in the world around them and the people that are in it. Sagittarius ascendant is happiest when they're not tied down. They really prize their freedom. And commonly, they end up living far away from where they're born. And it suits them. You know, the only way they're going to be happy staying in one place for very long is if that place and the people there are so different to what they're used to that it can hold their interest. And really, this brings us to the one major downside of Sag rising. They're not super great in long-term relationships unless the other person in that relationship shares the same wanderlust and the desire to stay on the go. Sagittarius rising prefers a simple life, you know, as far as obligations go, like having, you know, a 40-year career and three mortgages is not their idea of a good time. Like they like money, but only because of the freedom it gives them. Sagittarius rising is happiest when they're seeing new places and having new experiences. And because lucky Jupiter is so prominent in their chart, it's not hard for them to be able to have exactly that kind of life if they're bold enough to pursue it. Capricorn rising is definitely a more serious person. Capricorn ascendants don't jump right into any situation. They're much more of a watch and wait kind of personality. They're very disciplined. Um, they get that from Saturn, which figures very heavily in their makeup. These are hard workers. You know, these are the diligent people who just don't screw around about things that matter. Capricorn rising, due to that Earth influence, is very concerned with matters of security and stability. These people can be overthinkers, you know, they are very detail-oriented, um, but nothing escapes their notice. 
Now, in matters of love, Capricorn Rising's got very deep feelings, but they're so far from the surface. They're very loyal, and they like to take care of their partner. They just need to make sure that their partner understands the depth of that love, because it can be so deep that it's difficult to see from the outside looking in. Um, And Capricorn Rising tends to have strained relationships with their families to an extent you know the love is there but there's a rivalry there as well and Capricorn rising is a worrier so please if that's you understand that there are things outside of your control and it's okay Aquarius rising is a study in (laughs) who very high highs and very low lows Aquarius ascendants are poster children for contradictions people like J.K. Rowling, um, Khloe Kardashian, uh, Roseanne Barr uh, is Aquarius rising, and they have these really intense periods of success and also really intense periods when it seems like everything is going pear-shaped for them. And I'm, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, that just it, it is their tendency. I almost think of the tarot card, the Wheel of Fortune, when I think of this particular aspect in a natal chart. What goes up must come down. Um, you know, they're tremendous artists, or at least they can be. Um, they're also great business people, or at least they can be. <laughs> they like to be in a crowd, but they also like to be at home. They're a lot of fun to be around, but their moods can go sour very quickly too. So, you know, again, it's those contradictions. And if this is your rising sign, just be aware that you can be the architect of your own successes just as easily as you can be your own worst enemy. However, in love, Aquarius rising actually does pretty well for themselves. They're very devoted partners, and they usually find happiness in their romantic relationships. Just be on the lookout for that fickle Aquarius rising streak to rear its head anytime things are going a bit too well. Just try to talk yourself into allowing good things to stay good. And then finally, Pisces rising. These folks... Oh, they just struggle with the same issues that Pisces moons have, which is this desire or really this need to see things as they wish they were instead of how they actually are. And this can be the reason that Pisces rising will stay in relationships far past their expiration date. Pisces ascendant is the master of self-delusion. You know, they're really sensitive and kind. Um, they can be a bit emotional. They're very artistic, not surprisingly. They're a little scatterbrained. They're warriors. They're loving. Um, Pisces rising is a little adrift in their personal lives. Um, But you know what? They do make up for it in their professional lives. Pisces rising excels at working within a group and especially with leading groups of people. And this is because they're so intuitive. And that's really helpful for them when they're dealing with people who can be difficult. Pisces rising is blessed with compassion and spirituality, but they're also burdened a little bit by worry and by self-deception. And those are the rising signs. You know, remember your ascendant is going to blend almost evenly with your sun sign and it will manifest differently in different people. So we have to keep this in mind when we're reading our own charts and trying to understand what motivates us and why the hell we do the things that we do some of the characteristics of your rising sign are going to be spot on and others won't be at all and it's probably because your sun sign is more dominant in that particular area as you know i'm a libra sun scorpio rising and i promise you sometimes i will do something or especially say something 
that shocks the hell out of me. It just seems so out of character for my own self. And I have to sort of realize like, oh dear, I guess Scorpio is driving right now. And, you know, depending on the situation, I might have to dial it back. Or, you know what, if my attitude is justified, sometimes I'll just let Scorpio off the leash. Especially the older I get, the more Libra takes a back seat. But it is what it is. Anyway, you know, I truly hope that this has been helpful. I hope this whole exercise is helping to demystify the birth chart and just make it more easily understood and more accessible. Because that's the whole point of doing this. You know, there's a reason why astrologists pay so much attention to a birth chart, but we don't have to be professional astrologists to at least learn this stuff about ourselves and those who are close to us. So don't worry, we're not going to talk about birth charts next week because we are going to talk about garden magic. And if you don't garden and you don't care about that, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) But there is going to be a lot of green witch information overall in that episode, so I hope that you'll listen anyway. There might be something in there for you nonetheless. So I'll talk to you soon. My name is Eli Rowe, and this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. content of this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional, mental, or medical health care and diagnosis. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.